Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Prefect Podcast. We have a very exciting episode today with two very special guests. Um, This was kind of prompted from when we had the first year of the Design Thinking Photography course uh, run by Ms. Walburn. And today I'm here with um, her and another student. So if you guys could introduce yourselves. Hi. Hi, I'm Mrs. Wellborn, and uh, I am the great uh, 12 photography design thinking teacher, as well as grade 8 to grade 12 um, visual arts at Trafalgar Castle, and I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm Tess, and I graduated Trafalgar um, in 2020, and I'm going to be going to Nipissing University in the fall. Awesome. Thanks for coming, guys. I'm really, really excited to have you and to start this awesome conversation. Um, To get a little bit more background about you, I'd like, Ms. Wellborn, um, for you to give a brief account of your teaching career or different experiences in your field. Okay, um, so I have been at Trafalgar for a really long time. Uh, this is the start of my um, my 16th year with the school, which is unbelievable. Time goes really quickly when you're in a great place. Um, and before I started at Trafalgar, I had um, time overseas where I worked in Korea. And I love that experience. It gave me a chance to travel all around. And I had a little um, bit of time spent in um, a gifted program Uh, with the Durham School Board at the beginning of my career, just before I left. Um, So it's been, uh, it's been great being with Trafalgar. There's, uh, there's magic in that small, in that small space. And uh, every year, um, you know, every year it's, it changes and grows and develops. And I, and I just love the school so much. So I'm happy to be there and, um, and be here today. Thanks. Awesome. So Tess, for you, um, could you please tell me some things about yourself and your experience at TRAF or like what you're excited to do at Nipissing? <laughs> so um, some things about me, I love art and reading um, and writing and I love going to Trafalgar. I think it was really life-changing for me. Um, I started off high school um, at a really big public school and I found it really hard to sort of find my groove and figure out who I was. And then when I went to Trafalgar, I kind of found out a whole bunch of new things about myself and like things I like to do. And I really love the small school feel, which is kind of what led me to choose Nipissing because it is a small school. And I'm excited to start there in the fall because I'm going to be um, starting my education towards becoming a teacher in the future. and yeah, I'm really excited to start the next chapter of my life, but I do miss Traff and I'm gonna miss it a lot in the fall. And we all miss you too. Um, that sounds great though. Okay, um, so I'm gonna jump into our conversation. If I didn't mention already, this podcast is about creativity, learning and design thinking, if that wasn't already um, kind of obvious from our guests and the, what we're talking about, but I'm going to ask you guys to walk our listeners through a brief idea of what design thinking is. And so I'm sure both of you guys have a different perspective on what it is. And I know Tess has her notes from uh, the class, which I love. <laughs> That's awesome. But you think about design thinking um, is really, um, it's, a, it's a, you know, a series of stages that you can go through um, in 
one order or they can be in, in a different, um, in a different series. They don't have to go, um, exactly in order. Um, but the focus is really about, um, reframing problems with a, how might we approach and for the designer, it's thinking, um, from a place of, um, of sort of a human centered approach to design. Uh, so thinking about um, solving problems in creative and innovative ways and uh, going through the process of empathizing, defining, ideating, prototyping, and testing um, with a lot of um, feedback along the way, feedback and, um, and you know, rethinking. So it's about, you know, questioning and, um, and really getting to the, to the heart of the, um, the design um, that's based in how your user is going to use uh, what it is that you are creating. Um, so thinking most about the user and not so much about you as the designer and what you would want, but um, really starting to understand who the who the person is or who the people are that you're designing for and how will they interact with your product or your service or, um, you know, the, um, the new um, solution to the problem at hand. So I think that's, kind of a roundabout way of thinking about design, uh, design thinking. Yeah, that was a great summary. Um, because you kind of already covered it, I was thinking, Tess, if you could give us an example of how you use the process. I know you did that project at the end of the year with the, um, the period project, I believe, if you could like walk us through. Yeah, so um, you start in the beginning with thinking of a problem that comes from a place of empathy, like something that you would want to solve to help someone. Um, and for me, that was started um, kind of early on in the year. We watched the period end of sentence film and it kind of opened my eyes to how much, um, how many girls around the world don't have access to um, feminine hygiene products. And from there, I kind of looked at what was going on in the world. And when I think it was Scotland legalized the free sale of feminine hygiene products in their country, it kind of made me think a bit more about what, um, we have here in Canada and how we could um, provide women with more fair access to these products because I do think like it isn't something that we have a choice like it is part of what, something that you go through as a mm -hmm. woman yeah. and um, people do struggle with not being able to afford the products so you kind of start off looking at the problem from a very broad scale and then as you work your way through the design thinking process you kind of narrow it down so for me with everything that was going on in the world originally I was looking at it more of like what could we do maybe in like the municipal or provincial areas to help on a very broad scale but then when COVID-19 happened and I kind of had to narrow things I looked at it more of like what could we do within our Trafalgar community to like make a difference that way and then thinking of solutions in that way so from there you make prototypes and develop it and then um if we were in person I think we would have made like physical prototypes but we ended up just doing the paper prototypes which was still good to see and I wish if we had more time then we could have worked towards like actually putting something in place but yeah that's kind of how the process works with an example. That was a great, yeah. I really loved what you did on that project too. I think it was so impactful. And like if we were to implement at our school, it'd be fantastic. That's just an idea we're throwing out there. <laughs> um, so coming across our next question, how did, Miss um, Welburn, how did you come across designing this course for Trafalgar? And 
How do photography and design think can go together? But that's such a good question. Um, it really started with um, a, um, a professional development opportunity that I had the chance to be a part of called Cohort 21. And, um, and in that um, professional development um, uh, opportunity, I was introduced to the idea of using um, design thinking and um, the how might we approach to tackling a problem um, that is, you know, part of my, my teaching practice. And so I was super inspired by this way of thinking. And uh, I've never been one to shy away from, you know, asking a lot of questions and, you know, trying to get quickly to the heart of whatever the, uh, the issues are. I love, um, I love challenging conversations. And uh, so I was left after that first, um, that first um, PD uh, session. So it's four sessions over a year where teachers come together and they're from all over CIS Ontario. Um, and uh, it's just such an inspiring group of uh, coaches and facilitators. Um, and in that, in that opportunity, I was left thinking, what is my, what is my problem? What is my problem? I have this, you know, amazing school and wonderful students and what's really, you know, what can I tackle? And so I actually went back to my grade 11, who I felt uh, really close with at that time. And I sent them a, uh, a Google form and I, and I just wanted to get to the heart of like, where were they at and what was on their mind? Um, I think one thing that I've always been really curious about is how, you know, as an art teacher, I feel it's such a privilege to have the opportunity to, um, be in a creative field, right? Mm -hmm. Art is, it tends to be a course that, um, that kids enjoy. And, mm -hmm. and so it's a, it's a wonderful, um, area to be in, but I also feel like it holds a lot of responsibility. And so we hear all the time about creativity and innovation. And, um, I, I really wanted to be, um, curious about, uh, making sure that, the environment that I had was a place where that can really thrive. And um, so with the grade 11s, I asked uh, some pretty pointed questions about, you know, uh, where were they at and how are they feeling? And, um, and they were so generous in their responses, uh, not only to how they were feeling within the art program, but sort of holistically and this pressure for uh, marks and assessment uh, kept coming in on the on the um, the forms and the feedback and so when I sent this out to the girls I said I had no idea what I was going to do with the information but that I was going to read you know every single word and do my very best to you know have my project my action plan that year for cohort 21 be something that can you know in a sense help them and what I didn't realize at that point was in listening to the to the girls and their feedback about feeling so overwhelmed about, you know, assessment and feedback and um, and a lot of uh, information coming at you at once and mm -hmm. this idea of, like, perfectionism, I think, yes. is a theme yeah. that runs really deeply in a – I don't think it's just at our school. I think that's something that girls struggle with and women struggle with through their whole lives. So it was – I'm, I'm answering this question in a very roundabout way, but it, it's so complex because the thinking 
the thinking here was um, very, uh, very deep. And I realized as I was going on that um, everything that I identified in building this course or this want to build a course that fit, um, fit what the, stu- the students that I was uh, you know, had the privilege of teaching and leading mm-hmm. what they wanted were actually all the same things that, that I wanted, uh, in my career as well, which is, you know, a place to feel really safe, a place to take risks, um, a, a place to come to feel really, um, engaged and curious mm-hmm. and inspired. And I think, um, the course evolved from my love of, like my love of photography. So I have a little side Mm -hmm. business and photography has been a theme through my whole life as well. Uh, I'm really wanting to spend time to, you know, dive into photography, but then also use um, photography as this way of seeing, right? Mm -hmm. So photography teaches you to look in the same environment, but look at it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think design thinking in the same way, it helps you to think about, um, you know, problems that you might see every single day and they're here in your environment, but how do you think about them differently? So when uh, this all came together, it really was this incredible collaboration between the grade 11 students and their vision for everything that they thought school should be mm-hmm. and sort of everything that I wanted to do to be the best teacher and facilitator and coach within this role of um, being in a really creative environment. So I listened, you know, I listened wholeheartedly to what the girls had to say, especially around the pressure they were feeling for marks. And I thought, how can we have, you know, how can we have an environment that's truly innovative? That's truly a place where, you know, you can take risks Mm -hmm. and be wrong right? Because that's part of design is that you definitely aren't going to go with your first idea. You're going to play around and, you know, have these great failures and be willing to fail um, in an environment where you're like used to always getting the highest marks and kind of being perfect. And and I think in the arts in general, it's just amazing place to kind of um, to play and figure things out as you go. But I had to build that in somehow as a safety net that Mm-hmm. You know, the marks were going to be there if it was related to um, the learning, right? Mm-hmm. The the journey of the learning and the commitment to that and not so much the product or the end result, but it was the thinking. So right. I don't know. That's a very, very big way of answering that question, Clea. Sorry, but. No, it's okay. No, I love that you talk about it really passionately. So I love that. Um, I think you summed it up. And I love how you were um, going off and how the students and your vision kind of aligned and then you kind of just meshed into forming this vision and making it come alive. I loved like the path. We could see the passion when you were talking about that. So I loved hearing about that. Um, I'm going to ask a question for Tess. Um, Ms. Walborn did talk about assessment and feedback in this class, but how did you feel about it and how did it actually materialize itself? Um, I think that it was really nice the way it worked. I mean, in the beginning, like, I agree with what you're saying. Like it, there is so much pressure on marks and everything, especially when you get into grade 11 and 12, because university and um, the pressure to kind of achieve and maintain so that you can get in and go where you want to is always in the back of your mind. Like no matter what class you're in, you're always thinking about it because they add up and then you feel the pressure of having that. So in this class, um, it was nice 
to know that like our mark was coming from a place of seeing how we were learning and seeing how much of our effort we were like fully putting in. So if we gave 110% to the course, then like it was kind of like you knew you were getting a good mark because you were really trying and you were really Mm -hmm. giving every part of yourself into what you were doing. Whereas like with other courses, it's like there's a right and a wrong. It's very superficial. Yeah. Yeah. If you get it wrong, then your mark's Mm going to suffer and be affected by that. But then in this course also, it kind of just felt like it, like the pressure like kind of disappeared because you weren't thinking about it all the time because you were constantly doing things, but there was so much like open discussion and freedom in the projects that you were just fully engaged and wanting to do everything that you were doing. Mm -hmm. So like you weren't thinking about the marks and they kind of just came when you were finished because when you gave your all to what you were doing, like you fully loved what you were producing. You were proud of it. And that was for me, something that I noticed in myself is I've always been a perfectionist and I put a lot of pressure on myself to do, as you were saying, like maintain these high top marks because I want to like succeed but then like for me more in this course success came through being proud of the work that I was producing and then the marks kind of just followed because of like you were giving like who you were into the work that you were producing yeah I love that and I when you're talking about um like feeling like, like there's a right or wrong and that you would there's failure involved I feel like it also reflected real life a lot where there is going to be failure and it's, you know, like we can't pretend that everything's going to be black and white all the time as well. Um, Great points. Um, I'm going to ask, oh, this is probably going to be a whole conversation on itself, but if you could design school, what would be the most standout feature? Or just like the core value. I don't know what how you would put this, but I can give you some time to think about it. (laughs) I love your questions because I feel like we could have a full evening of conversation just related to one of them. And there you've got so many wonderful questions lined up for us today. Mm -hmm. Tess, do you want to answer that first? Okay. Um, I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't know. In the last couple of weeks, I've kind of just been thinking about how, like, I feel like in school, we've kind of been like, pressured to follow a certain career path and that you're pressured to go towards university and to like Mm -hmm. be the top person in your field and like that's what success needs to be and like that's how you make money is when you're having a top job like being a doctor or a lawyer or something like that and well for some people that like that is what you're passionate about and that's what you want to do and like I appreciate that but for other people they spend a lot of their life doing and choosing these careers because they feel so much pressure to do it and like that's what they need to do to be successful or it's the beyond and all yes, kind of yeah thing. whereas yeah. like that's not what like how you're choosing your career should be like for me I know this from a place like within myself I thought for the longest time I was like I'm gonna be a doctor like this is what I'm gonna do like there's so many people in my family yes (laughs) but like also like there's a lot of people in my family that are in that field and I was like this is what I have to do and then I started taking like I think it was like in chemistry and I was like I hate it (laughs) I can't do this I cannot spend like my whole life doing this because you do so much of it 
And I was just like, this is not what I want to do. And so then I had to think, I was like, what do I want to do? And then I had to look like, what am I passionate about? What do I love? And that's when I found like teaching. I spent a lot of my life going to camp and like babysitting and like some of my fondest memories like came from like the moment where you get to see the smile on the kid's face when they're having fun or they're learning. And that's what I loved was doing that. And I was like, well, then I'm not going to go and do like become a doctor when that's not what I want to do because I won't be happy in my life. So I think if I could change school, I would make it so that students could know that there is no right and wrong way to live your life. You can Mm -hmm. do whatever you want and you should be doing what you're passionate about, not what you feel you have to be. And I mean, it's hard to make that distinction and like figure that out. I, I think I was lucky in figuring that out early in my life, but like there's still so much pressure. And I think that's what I would try and do is eliminate some of that pressure and expectation pretty early on so that kids could realize even at a young age, like that when you find something you love, you should be comfortable in doing that. And that there is like, again, no right and wrong way to live your life because just because someone else's success came from being a doctor or a lawyer doesn't mean that that's what you're like success is going to look like and Mm -hmm. you kind of just have to sit back and define it for yourself and like say I'm successful when I'm doing something that I'm 110% proud of and that I'm doing something when I when I know that I love it and that that's what success is for me and Mm -hmm. like kind of help kids to realize that they shouldn't be expected to do one thing in their life because there's so many things that you can do and it's hard to like escape that bubble. But I think that the way that the world is right now, we're kind of in a place where that change could happen. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that could be a whole conversation on its own. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to know that you're going into education, Tess, because I know, I know that you will take all of that passion and that energy and inspire the students in your classroom for many years to come so it's it's so great to know that that's where you're headed and um that you're you know you're you're taking this next step on this big journey of of learning um and I think it's interesting watching watching um you and watching the girls this year throughout the course it was like that development of self-awareness right and um I, I can make the connection to change in schools from a teaching perspective and I think it's, I've, I felt this huge shift in my own practice. And it's, it's gone from a place of um, when I started teaching, feeling really intimidated that I didn't know all the answers, right? There's no way for anyone to know everything. Um, and so I remember being, you know, a teacher at the beginning of the year or like in the front of the class and, and being worried that I would get a question that I wouldn't be able to answer. Mm-hmm. And um I think now more than ever, it's just um, having lived through this last year. I mean, we ha- it's kind of a two-year process. It was the year of brainstorming and thinking and planning. And then it was the year of, wow, I have these students who have signed up to be here with me. And um, if I could redesign school, I would redesign classes to be exactly like our class because um, it was it was such an incredible uh, experience to be right there and I think you know for any teacher whether you're new to teaching or whether you've been in teaching for a really long time um, you know 
this co-construction, right? Creating mm-hmm. this together with your mm-hmm. students, like listening, being right there. Um, I think you girls knew that I didn't need to know the answers either. I just needed yeah. to be willing to figure them out with you. And there was that like trust in the relationship um, of, of figuring it out and um, having these open, honest conversations and like really curious um, questions. And it made every day exciting because we weren't sure where we were going, but we knew we were kind of, we were going to go there together. And um, we were all bringing different, different um, ideas, you know, and different inspirations to the table. And I think that that's what makes learning really exciting is when you feel like you have the opportunity to go down a path and jump into a subject or a, you know, if it's art related, you know, you jump into a medium and try it all out and, and just see where it goes, see where it takes you. So, um, you know, I wish schools for everyone could be places. And I know we talk about safe spaces in this year. Mm-hmm. I think we're shifting into this idea of brave spaces. Mm-hmm. When I think about a brave space, I, I think about our classroom last year yeah. and how yeah. we could have conversations that were really yeah. challenging right and um (laughs) being aware of who you were in all of that too like understanding um your values we talked a lot about values we talked Mm -hmm. a lot about um you know understanding um our unique qualities our intuition um but also our implicit bias that's there as well Mm -hmm. right if you're doing something that's related to being empathetic about um you know designing for someone else Mm Uh, you definitely need to be able to listen really well and to be open, right? Mm-hmm. Open to open to hearing and open to learning and open to growing. And I think that that's what schools are, right? Mm-hmm. These should be places of um, of a willingness, a willingness to change and grow, right? And knowing that, you know, whether you're finished an assignment or you've completed a test or you've done your presentation, your, your learning's never finished. And mm-hmm. I think that's as you, the more you go into learning, the more you, the more you study, the more degrees you get or, you know, certificates, uh, it, it's, it's all there, um, you know, for your resume, but truly the, the reward is that you get to learn and mm-hmm. you can learn in every experience, whether it's in a school. And I think you girls are realizing that more and more, right? Schools mm-hmm. need to evolve yeah. um, because as your teacher, I can't. I can't be an expert in every area, right? I can't, um, I can't know every medium and you've got YouTube for that. You've got artists, you can go into studios and you can be right there with them, right? And this knowledge, right? Anything you need to know, you can find in a minute on your phone or, mm-hmm. you know, use Surrey or whatever you need to do. You can, you can find that. So um, what is a role of a teacher? And I think it's really evolving into being this, um, you know, building a space where where students can come and, you know, hopefully hopefully I can continue that trend. I think mm-hmm. um, this year was was incredible for me as a teacher, just um, feeling feeling that gratitude to the girls in grade eleven who gave me all the insight, right, mm-hmm. openly and willingly and uh, and then evolved into the students who were brave enough to take the class and and jump on and in in cohort 21 they talk about the coalition of the willing and I feel like you girls were my coalition of the willing and uh and I and I think we shared the responsibility of where we would go and I think it made it really really um fulfilling 
as a as, as an educator and I and I know from talking to you girls I you know hearing how you um reflected on the year and how much you grew um it's a really rewarding a rewarding experience and I and I hope that that's what schools evolve into right places of like creativity and questioning and curiosity and excitement and engagement and um, I think we have a lot of that where we are. I think we're in a really special place and mm-hmm. we're supported by, you know, other students and the faculty at Trafalgar is amazing and the admin, mm-hmm. right? This course wouldn't exist unless I had supportive admin behind me saying, yeah, go for it, try it, see what happens. Yeah. And I think that that's essentially at every level, it's, it's where people um, get to watch their dreams come true, right? By trying something out. And, uh, and that essentially is the design, the design thinking process too, is that, um, it's taking something that you're thinking about Mm -hmm. and putting it into action, right? Dreams into action and trying it out and seeing where it goes. And if it doesn't work out, well, you get feedback and you you're open to that feedback and you try again and you make small changes or big changes, whatever it needs to be done until you get to that place where you you're reaching the goal um, for everybody. And I hope that's where we got last year in the class. But. Yeah, I think sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You're talking about like how, right now especially like going into the new school year there's so much uncertainty so like Wilburn was saying that um right now especially um going into the new school year that like we need to have these brave spaces and safe spaces and I think it's so true because there's so much insert uncertainty about what school will look like and I think when everything is going to be so different students need to know that they're safe in their wanting to ask questions and everything that they're sharing. And that was something that our class really, like, we really used was mm-hmm. how safe we all felt and how trusting it was. So when schools are going to have, like, smaller groups together in classes, like, building that foundation will really help with, like, building that safe space. So when you're together, you're able to feel safe with one another. And, like, when mm-hmm. you're in, like, such a scary time where you don't really know what's going to happen, sort of do, but not a lot because it's, like, what we're saying, everything's always changing. There's no, yeah. like, you can't guarantee anything that's going to happen. But also, too, with that, like, um, I think putting into the minds of teachers that, like, what you were saying, you won't know everything. Like, you never will know everything. It's impossible <laughs> to know everything. But having an open mindset enough to where you realize and understand and like embrace the fact that you're learning just as much as your students are learning and be willing to do that learning like helps to make the classroom function in a more safe way because you are taking in everything that your students are saying as well like yeah helps for sure yeah and we're definitely on like we have an opportunity for a paradigm shift here I think I think so what you guys are talking about and um I'm gonna ask another question too about how we're trying to make a shift from more conventional ways of thinking and about how we're stuck in this um this kind of trap of almost that school should be this way where it's more about um you know like meeting a um standard rather than you know learning and being engaged in what we're actually interested about 
And that question is, um, what are your thoughts on standardized testing? And do you believe it's necessary for our time now? And why or why not? I mean, uh, I did an assignment in grade 11 in um, apps class where we talked about standardized testing and we looked into the different like benefits and or like you picked a side and you had to write like an argument about what like if you either thought it was a good thing or like why it shouldn't be um used anymore mm -hmm. and I feel like in our world right now I don't personally don't think that it's necessary and then mm -hmm. like I almost think that it kind of should just like be dissolved because I think that there are so many different people and everybody learns and takes in information in so many different ways that it's going to be impossible for you to sit down hundreds of thousands of students and make them all take the same test when yeah. that's great for one person. That really shows them like this is their strong suit. They can like right if you test. look at the literacy test, for example, like they can sit down and they can read the response and like write about it right away. Mm -hmm. But other people need to take time to process what they're doing. And then a standardized test situation like that, they can't do it. Like some people are visual learners, others are auditory learners. So or having yeah, yeah. a standard te standardized test doesn't really take into consideration that people are so different. And nowadays there's so many other ways that you can look at all the different things that people can do and they're like as individuals that like forcing them into a bubble of taking this test is like kind of making them conform to society's expectations instead mm -hmm. of using who they are and their strengths to like help them in other ways. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I was actually just going to say when you mentioned that, I think like, so often we try to focus, I don't know why I heard this, but we try to focus so often on our weaknesses. Oh, I'm weak in this subject or in this area. I'm not good enough to do this. But then like we really were focused on our strengths and play to our strengths mm -hmm. and say, oh, this is actually what I'm good at. So why don't I embrace it? You know, sort of thing. I think those are such wonderful points, girls. And I think it, it leads us to that idea of, um, like sometimes we have these like self-limiting beliefs, right? That really become barriers for us. And um, I'd love to see, I'd love to see, you know, the end of standardized testing. I think that would be great. Um, there's definitely a place for exercising your brain as a muscle, right? You're you remembering, uh, remembering things and knowing things and, um, and having, uh, knowledge, like a, a knowledge base is really important. I, I think one thing um, is that it doesn't have to be an either or, right? It doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach. And I think sometimes when we talk about change, uh, there's a lot of nostalgia that kind of like holds people back from really moving forward in a brave way and trusting their intuition. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, nostalgia for the way things were, or the way we were taught, we kind of tend to romanticize uh, the shoulds. Like, it should be this way because it's mm -hmm. been this way, and this is the way it should be. Mm -hmm. And I think we do that not only in our environments, but we do that with ourselves mm -hmm. because somehow we have this, like, from early on, we have some idea of, oh, well, I really want to do this, but I think I should do that. I should do that. And you have to question those shoulds. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, do I think my students are learning because I, sh you know, I give them a test and, and everyone does really well on the test. Um, it's awesome to know that the knowledge is going in, um, but it's really more about like, but do you remember it? Does it yeah. matter? How can you use this? Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about like what really matters, especially when we're looking at our world right now and our landscape ahead of us, and, and as you said, like all the unknowns, right? All the mm -hmm. uncertainty. It was interesting putting this course together and then having a pandemic hit. Yes. I, I think yes. the timing of that was really quite um, poetic in a way because what it did was it brought it right down to the core of what's important. And I think as we look to next year and the years that come in education, and you girls can correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it needs to be deeply meaningful. I think school needs to be meaningful. I think you need to know that you're doing this because it matters to you or it matters because you're going to make some sort of impact in the world. And I think when you can't see the meaning in it, um, you know, I hope you find, a, I, I hope, you know, there are teachers that can help you find the meaning in things that they think are meaningful and, and you might see it later on, right? There's a lot of those scenarios. I always think you can learn from anything. You can learn mm -hmm. from anything. You can learn from anyone. You can be the worst day and you're learning. You know, you can be the worst mood. You can be in the middle of a crisis and you're learning. It's all about your mindset and how you want to reframe, reframe the problem. And I think um, I've existed in a world for a really long time of like the creative process and mm -hmm. following the steps and stages of the creative process. Yeah. So the design process marries that really well because it's, it's really – how do you take the things that inspire you? How do you take the things that matter to you that are meaningful? Mm -hmm. And now I would say even, like, how do you trust your instincts and your intuition even more, right? right. To find your curiosity about about things. Like, get curious. I keep saying that over and over, but I really feel like that's mm -hmm. the core of, of, uh, of learning. And so, mm -hmm. so, as you said, girls, like, you're, you're so clear about your thoughts on standardized testing and what it gets to. I'm not sure that that's, I'm not sure that's deeply meaningful right now for people mm -hmm. to, yeah. to study and be tested. And I think we look at, if you look at highly successful people who didn't do well in school, it makes right. you really question like, well, what, what was missing, yeah. right? How do, get, how do we drive engagement of these like highly intelligent, highly capable people who are yeah. doing well in the world their own way, right? And giving them a voice in school as well so that mm -hmm. they can not only do their thing and be successful in, a, in an academic setting, but also probably end up inspiring the people around them and building their school communities as well, right? And mm -hmm. that's voice. And I think you girls have um, wonderful voices like, developing this podcast is yeah. so inspirational because what you're doing is you're saying these are the things that are important and this is what I'm finding meaning in mm -hmm. and you're not only owning that for yourself but you're also going to be sharing that with sharing that with others definitely yeah and I love um you framed this before as in always questioning our beliefs too and trying to break out of what we know and I think like a lot of the part of the learning process is questioning your own beliefs and finding meaning for yourself that's what I really loved about what you said there. Um, I, I know yeah. you had a comment before. So I was going to say, um, I was just uh, wanting to add in there um, the idea of marks and how, how it worked in the class. And one of the um, points that I really enjoyed as a teacher was that 
Um, not only were we co-constructing the content of the course and the direction we were taking, um, but we also spent time co-creating marks and assessment. And so with each assignment, we put the rubric together, right, the success criteria, the learning goals, we put those together um, as a group. Mm -hmm. And then um, you had the opportunity to self-evaluate and then discuss that um, as, as we went along. So I think it was more important, and hopefully you girls felt this as well, that it was more important for you to feel um, that you knew where you were at and what you were doing and what goals um, you were aspiring to versus my external evaluation of, of your project or your assignment. And I think mm -hmm. it's a, that intrinsic value, right, that keeps you, that keeps you engaged, that you were, you were kind of guiding your own um, your own way. Sorry, mm -hmm. now my house is really loud, so you might not want to use this clip. <laughs> no, no, I can't. We can't hear your house. That's okay. Um, yeah, that's a really great point. Mm -hmm. So I think we've kind of decided to divide the episodes up uh, for our listeners into different sections. So this one was um, for just for our listeners. This was more about design thinking and photography in our course and school in general. And our next part of the series will focus on creativity and art. So would you have any other uh, final remarks before we uh, close up and head off? I would just want to say good luck to everyone um, in the coming year. Uh, I know that it's going to look crazy different, but I feel like if you're at TRAF and you're listening to this, then you're going into a community of people who are going to want the best for you and be there to support you every step of the way through every challenge because it is going to be challenging and I would also say something else that I learned this year through our course too is that being vulnerable is not a bad thing so if you're struggling at any point during the year reach out especially within the community in the school whether that's to a teacher or to a friend like there's always someone there who's willing to listen and support you because I think especially right now during this time of making such a big shift into the way that we're learning it's going to be important more than ever that we're supporting each other and that we're there for each other and remember to check in on your friends because you never know what someone's going through if they're really having a hard time with the learning and how much has changed and just fully embrace every moment because even though it won't be what maybe you had envisioned because I know from experience like I didn't really get what I was envisioning, but like embrace every moment because I promise you the memories where you're fully in it and like giving 100% of yourself, that's what you're going to remember not the fact that you were doing this during COVID and it was boring and like you didn't get to do what you were hoping, but like the memories with your friends and with your teachers and things like that. Yeah, that's great. That's such a great uh, statement, Tess, and great advice for everyone now that you're on the graduating side of, of the alum side of Trafalgar. Yeah. And um, it's nice because I think with what you're saying, um, you're reminding everyone that we're a community, right? And we're, we're a really warm environment where we can be brave and, and ask for what we need. And I think, um, you know, I'm really aware of how this year will be different and it'll be challenging. Um, but as I, you know, as I get closer to returning to school uh, for our PP week next year or next week, I'm, 
um, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to being back in the building. I'm looking forward to seeing um, my fellow teachers and the amazing admin team and also having time to connect with the prefects. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, all of the leaders uh, in those roles um, really stand up for each other and and stand as pillars of support for the community as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I know that we can rise to the challenge. We're an amazing community, alum, current students, faculty, admin, we're all there, parents. Um, and if any school community can make it through um, and, and you know really be there, really show up for each other, I know in my heart that it's ours. So um, we'll get there. We'll get there together. So thanks for having me today. And uh, it's been such a pleasure to have this conversation. And uh, and I and it's just filled with gratitude. I'm grat I'm so grateful for having the opportunity to talk to you and see you again in the middle of summer. And uh, and also um, to have had the experience to share with both of you in the in the course last year. So thanks so much, girls. Thank you. Okay, so thank you everyone for listening. This is obviously going to be um, one part of a whole series of. Uh, questions we're going to have on this topic so stay tuned for the next ones you or we hope you're enjoying this talk and see you next time